0: Welcome back, and thanks for joining us again for another episode of our podcast where we're trying to continue on a journey of what does faith look like in our everyday existence. We've been uh, having different conversations and dialogues about that, hopefully trying to move the conversation from just attending church or just doing a routine of a Bible study or something to, to actually seeing how faith and your journey of discipleship looks like and everything that you do, from uh, you know being at home to work to relationships to how you see the world to to uh, your very existence, uh, the core beliefs that you ho- hold to is where really God wants to intervene and cause that transformation. And so we're on this journey. And if you've uh, been with us before, you know I'm Pastor Dan Hertzler. I'm the pastor at a church called Refuge Church in Manor, PA, and I got two guys with me. I'm Mike, and I'm Ryan. And uh, these guys are uh, here just to help kind of facilitate this discussion, this dialogue. Uh, As we've said many times before, we're we're not trying to give you all the answers. Uh, We want to just be able to continue on talking and maybe hopefully stir something up. Uh, We're in the Christmas season, and uh, we've been talking about Advent. Uh, If you're unfamiliar, uh, it's really that Uh, thought of the coming or the arrival, uh, specifically the first Advent in celebrating Christmas and the birth of Jesus, as well as preparing and expecting the second Advent, uh, which is Christ's returning. And uh, some churches, some traditions have four Sundays, some do five, uh, where they do hope and faith, uh, maybe peace, joy, love, these kind of themes each week. And so we've been trying to pick up on some of those themes. We're going to talk a little bit about love uh, today And kind of the, the goal is with Advent, again, is to slow down, to join in with what believers have been doing for centuries upon centuries, uh, to remember that uh, God's promises uh, were fulfilled and will be fulfilled again, and um, to really uh, also just realize that there's a holy discontent with life right now. Uh, that the presents and the festivals and the singing and the food, uh, we can enjoy it, but it's not going to last forever. And we recognize those things fade away. This life is not made for us because it's a temporal life and that we were created for eternity. And so uh, when we celebrate and enjoy these things, we enjoy them, we know they're going to fade away, but it longs us for something more eternal. And so that's kind of why Advent's so important, and uh, it's a great thing to uh, recognize, to, to put into your everyday rhythms of life. And as we said, uh, this theme and this idea is love. And uh, we know that uh, the English word love is kind of limited. Um, you can, in one breath, say you love green beans. Well, maybe not. Well, Ryan, you probably yeah, would, right? Yeah. yeah,
1: they're pretty good. Mikey,
2: you <laughs> love green beans? I mean, it depends on how they're prepared. <laughs> gotcha. I don't like the canned stuff. <laughs> uh, you may say you love your dog, okay? You may
0: uh, say that you love, um, you know, the weather. You may say that you love a, a sports team. You may say you love your spouse. You love your kids. Uh, there's so many different wor- or meanings for the word love. Uh, in the Bible, uh, you have uh, really uh, kind of four main words, in the, especially in the Greek, when it talks about love. And, uh, you know, what we really want to focus on is kind of that word agape. I'm sure you've heard before, maybe you never have. Uh, it's that unconditional love, that love that is given uh, as a choice, not dependent upon the other person and not um, seeking something in return. So, uh, if you think about that, most of our relationships have some transactional part to them. Uh, we do something, we expect something in return. Uh, if you don't believe that, well, uh, I'd, I'd love to sit down and talk with you maybe a little bit more. It's one of the things w- it's really hard to get fully away from. But um, we recognize that, you know, uh, that's how kind of this world works. And, and yet God did something very, very unique, uh, kind of just turned things upside down by making uh, this unconditional transaction where he gave everything. And he demonstrated that by the giving of his son and so that is the basis of this love that we're talking about this uniqueness of what god did that's so unlike everything else we experience um and and it manifested itself it made itself known in the story of christmas um Guys, you know, just kind of th- throw it out to you. I don't know. You guys can uh, arm fight. Who wants to go first here? <laughs> uh, point at each other. But uh, you know, when when you think about that uniqueness of love that God demonstrated in this way, and the breaking of the transaction, uh, or how different it is from what most people experience,
2: love. Um,
0: ooh, kind of. What are some thoughts? What What are some ideas that come to your mind?
2: Yeah, uh, I, I think one of the things that comes to my mind is as I listen to you talk, you mentioned um, that we're all kind of used to a transactional um, a transactional aspect that comes to uh love and our relationships and I think that's because we have almost disordered relationships, and I'm not necessarily talking about priorities, but our relationships are very transactional right like it's a kind of beat a dead horse a little bit whereas i think what we see with god is he's rewriting the script but he's almost not even rewriting it he's simply pulling the veil back and saying okay you got the the reality that you are relational creatures and you live in relationship with one another you have that basic idea okay but you've got it twisted in terms of how you're actually relating to one another. You're, you're doing a, um, I give this and therefore, um, you reciprocate. And if you don't, that's an offense to me or an affront to me. Whereas I think what we see with God is there is this unconditional gift. Yeah. And that, that is how we ourselves, um, are really meant to orient also to God and to the people around us. In fact, Augustine, um, as he was writing on Christian doctrine uh really argues. And I think, well, that as you go through scripture, as you're studying God's word, all of it, and I mean, it's what Jesus said, right? But like all of it should be pointing you to mm-hmm. the love of the Lord, your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, right? The great Shema we find in Deuteronomy. And then also to love your neighbor as yourself, which is what we find in Leviticus. It's, it's wrapped up um in those two commands. And so as you think about that and how that applies to your life, like that framework greatly reorients um how we live in relationship with one another.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's a good thought, Ryan.
1: And it's it's funny you said that too, because I was just reminded, <clears throat> you know, in, in John, when Jesus says to the disciples, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Yeah. But you know, they would in, they would be thinking, well, that's not a new commandment, Jesus. That's an old commandment. But what made it new in a way was, he says, just as I have loved you. You know, there was this newness of love that was seen, that was manifested in the person of Jesus. No greater love is this, that one will lay down their life for their friends. Mm. You know, but then he, Jesus keeps elevating what love means, love your enemies, you know? And so it's just like he completely flipped on its head what we can so easily think of is love those who love you, you -hmm. know, love those who you enjoy being around, love those who you can get something great from, you know? And and I think it just put it into this perspective of for God so loved the world who was his enemy, you know? And, And I think it just really, um, that commandment is what, Enables us to actually love like Jesus, yeah. you know. Him giving us that—that that new commandment is, "Hey, you've seen, you've received my love in an unconditional way. Now, love me, love others." You know, it sounds easy, but you <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's harder. Uh, but it's what we're called to. Yeah.
0: And then you you throw in this this interesting uh, dynamic of, of him coming as a baby. Um, Mm. so we're talking about flipping love around or upside down, but now really in two aspects, I think that the fact that him coming as a baby, one is that's God's plan to defeat sin and death, which, you know, none of us would, would ever really process that. We would think, you know, you need the biggest weapon, the biggest sword or the, the strongest thing. And yet God is demonstrating, I am demonstrating the strongest thing because I can do it through a baby. You know the 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 most, in a sense, useless thing possible. <laughs> like a baby can't survive on its own, can't do anything, um, and it it is dependent upon a mother, dependent upon caregivers, and, and yet this is this is how God enters in His plan. And then the other part of it is it's you know this invitation to think the God of the universe, who, you know, rightfully so, we see in in times just His bigness you know you think of Moses and you know wanting to see God and and um God says you can't I'll just pass by you and you glow like just the mag- the the majesty and the and the the sovereignty the the all of God yet yeah, God says I'm going to enter into a baby the invitation for you to come and and um see me and and be in relationship with me is a baby It is the least, again, threatening thing possible. You don't have to climb the mountains. You don't have to, you know, pass the test. You don't have to enter into the the holiest of temples to find me, but I will come to you as a baby. Like, when we reject that, we're rejecting the ultimate form of invitation and love that could possibly be given. We're not rejecting, um, you know, this unknown God. We're not rejecting this fearful God in that moment. We're not rejecting uh, this distant, uh, f- uh, away from God. We're rejecting a baby, and this is what God does, and, and this is His love for us. Um I want to just read 1 John 4 and uh, send it back to you guys. I'll give you guys a chance to think a little bit. Just think practically, how do we put this in? But, you know, just just want you to kind of think about 1 John 4. Uh, there's a few verses in here, that, uh, and I just want to read them to you. It says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God love so loved us, we ought we also ought to love one another. We love because he first loved us. So how do we put this into a practical sense? What what, what are some steps? What are some ideas? What are some things that you guys have learned um you know how how do we move uh this idea and this thought as we ponder it and and, and we think about this uh how do we love or receive this? Uh what do we do?
2: I mean, I I would um, suggests that you try to eat the elephant one bite at a time. Um, I think we we hear the teachings of Scripture that are good and right and true that say that you need to love your enemy. Hmm. And we're like, man, that's really hard. Hmm. I don't know how I'm going to do that. And in wrestling with the really hard, we also maybe sometimes neglect the really easy mm-hmm. um, because we're trying to do all of it at once. And so uh, I think that the, the simplest suggestion is Start where you're at, not where you want to be, um, and start by loving the people that it's easy to love. Does Scripture say to, to stay there? No, absolutely not. It says the opposite, but it's a heck of a good starting place um, just in terms of really trying to understand, okay, what – because even the people that it's easy for, for me to love in my own life, I have bad days with, and they have bad days with me. And sometimes that's something I need to work on. Sometimes it's something they need to work on. Sometimes it's a combination of both. But if you have a hard time unconditionally loving the people that it's easy to love, then good luck <laughs> loving your enemy. Cause I just don't see, I, I don't see how barring a move of God and praise God that he does that that would happen. Oh, that's good. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think too, you know, even bringing it back one step further is just come receive the love of the father, Mm. you know, come, come take his word and receive his word and the love that he has for you. It's an everlasting love, you know, and, and and just, just start to think about these things. He's loved you with an everlasting love and he's drawn you to him because he loves you, Mm. you know, and, and, and you start just to think like, He actually sent his son to die because he loved you in all of who you were in your mess, in your sin, in your shame. Like that was when he loved you, you know, and he wasn't appalled by you. And so I think it's just come receive his love. Let his love wash over you. Let those words wash over, heal you, fill you you know, because we love because he first loved us. And I think it really is getting more and more filled just with the awareness that God actually loves you. And then there is from that place, I believe that there's an enabling love of you start to spill over. You got too much of God's love that can't just stay in, you know, and, and you'd start just naturally, maybe some days better than others, but. You know, I think you have a fighting chance to start loving those around you, you know, and and I think it really does start from that place of, God, I need you to show me or remind me, remind me that you love you. You know, I know it's true, but God, could you remind me this morning? Um, You know, and then I think from there, just being in that place of, okay, God, now help me to see who are the people you're calling me to love today. Hmm. You know, show me those people. You know, I want, I want to be like you to them. That's good.
0: And I like how you both, you know, um, think this through because, you know, like you said, Mike, you know, there, this can be bigger and it can feel overwhelming and, and never get anything done. And yet, you know, Ryan, you're recognizing as well too. We've gotta, we got to, we got to really, um, I don't want to say feel it, but we got to, we got to embrace it. We got to receive it. Um, I, I, I probably want to give you kind of three practical R's, if I can. Um, you know, and um, you know, I'm reminded by Jesus' very first words as he uh, has recorded in, when he started his ministry. Uh, he said, repent for the kingdom is near. And uh, the, the idea of repenting is uh, turning away. And I think the first thing we have to recognize is that we've turned to the wrong things. You know, we started this out by saying, you know, a lot of our relationships are based on transactions. A lot of our ideas of love are based on that. And for some of us, we we just have to first start by saying, uh, I need to to repent, Uh, or if that word scares you a little bit, just say recognize. I just need to recognize in my life, uh, I have turned to other sources of love, or love that is transactional-based, even in my maybe best of relationships. I'm doing things out of a desire to get something in return, and that's not the way that that God uh, is talking about love here. That's not what God is offering me, and I need to see that as something different. Um, you know, from that moment, um, then I, I think I think you got to reset. So, so if you want to recognize, repent, and then you reset. So now I got to reset myself towards. The love that God is talking about. This is a little bit kind of what you were saying, Ryan. Uh, I gotta, I gotta embrace it. I gotta receive it. Uh, I have to, I have to reset, reorientate everything uh, to that. And and that's gonna maybe take some work. That's not just an easy thing to say because that might be painful because you've been doing things a certain way for a long time. This is why none of us, well, I shouldn't say none of us, but this is why a lot of us struggle with actual change. We, we just have surface level change. We just do something just to kinda kinda entertain ourselves. We don't actually change because we don't let the hard work of realizing I have to reset. I have to reset how I, I process, how I react, how I view things, uh, my core beliefs. I got I gotta reset all these things according to this newness of love that that has been offered to me. And then just the third thing. Uh, I would just say just just then release. Okay. Just release. So, so he, he, here's the way: if if you've if you recognize and repent and turn towards God, and then if you reset according to Him, you're simply going to just release. Then, what you say, the overflowing of God's love, like that's part of the fruit of the spirit. That's part of the naturalness of happens when I do the internal work and I reset my own orientation. Then I'm just going to release it into the world around me to to who is there. I I, I just can't help it. And I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to have a kind of a, a, you know, a mental game plan. Okay, I need to love this person better. I need to love that person better. You will just begin to naturally love those people around you more so because you have reset yourself to the love of God that just has to flow out. That's, that's what God promised us. Uh, Jesus, his own words in John fifteen, abide in me, and I abide in you, and then I will make my joy complete. In that, and, and, and he's just basically saying you will produce fruit. It will just happen. So, um, again, a lot easier, as we've all said. Uh, it's not, not easy, especially around the holidays. I know for some of us, uh, you know, it just even makes your skin crawl a little bit thinking about the holidays coming up and all the different things you have to do or all the different places you have to go. But I think if you really take the time to to recognize maybe you've given in to false ideas to, to reset, uh, reorientate yourself according to, to, to the love that God has given to us, and then just let it release itself, let, let it just flow from you. Um, this, this might be an opportunity where Advent can, can not just be a, an activity you do, but it can be part of that transformation or, uh, you know, kind of a bigger word, sometimes we'll use sanctification uh, of what God is doing in your life. And so, you know, if there's anything we can do uh, through this journey, Uh, you know, we would love to be able to do that. If you ever want to just email us, you can email us at info at churchrefuge.com. Maybe just just say, hey, can you pray for me? Or uh, you know what, I got I got a tough uh next few weeks. I could use some extra prayer. We'd love to be able to do that. We're we're not here with all the answers and all the wisdom in the world. We we screw up uh every single moment. But uh the, the process, the journey, the stirring something on, that's our goal. And so hopefully uh maybe you were stirred a little bit today. But thank you again.